0: And go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. As we race to the end of the year, I want to talk today about goal setting for 2023, but I want to take a look at it from the lens of what happened in 2022. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So as I said, it is the end of the year in the blink of an eye. And while we can all sit around and wonder where the hell did the year go, I for one being at the top of that list wondering, it is what it is and we are going to need to be prepared for 2023. And so, of course, if you own a TV or a radio or listen to a podcast, everybody's talking about goal setting for the new year. And sure, some people started earlier than the end of December. And if you know anything about me, I tend to be deadline oriented. And so I do my goals closer to the end of the year. And maybe that's not intentionally to put things off, but I think it's more to get a full appreciation and understanding. For what the year that we just finished actually looked like so over the past couple of weeks i have had the sheer pleasure of talking to countless designers because of the promotion i was running for my course and in those conversations inevitably goals for next year came up right they were looking at the renovation management for interior designers course to build and grow their skills managing renovations. So it was logical that that would come up in our conversation about what 2023 hopes and dreams they had. But what I inevitably asked them to do was to take a step back. And instead of looking forward first, I wanted them to look backwards and look at how their year played out right i mean we all say all the time how's work busy how are you swamped you know overwhelmed these are words that come up almost in a knee jerk fashion that we we don't even realize we're saying it and and i will say the term busy doesn't even mean much anymore because i I don't know a time in life when I'm not busy. So I try to not overuse that word. I'll say something like, I'm finishing up three projects or, you know, get more into the specifics of it. I'm about to start a new project. I'm, you know, starting a decorating project next month. Things like that, that I feel just are a lot more specific unless I'm busy because we all are busy, right? I know you all are chuckling right now because of course we're busy and it's, you know, two weeks before Christmas. So we're swamped. But here's the thing. I spoke with one designer and she was actually having a problem on a job site with the client and she does a flat fee. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So she was saying to me, it was a really great project. I was really excited. You know, this was a big fee for me. And while the client pushed back a little, I defended it and I was really pleased with the outcome. And I said, that is fantastic. Obviously what we all want. And this was a construction and decorating combination package. And I said, okay, great. And she said, well, I charged them $12,000. And then she was reviewing the entire scope. And I said, okay, great. That's wonderful. And how long did the project take? And she said, oh, well, we started in January. I said, oh, okay. Now were you actively working on this project every month? And she said, yes, you know, for the most part, yeah. And I said, okay, so if we really break this down, and for those of you who do flat fees, I'm hoping that you do this exercise as well. So I said, okay, this is easy math. If you charge 12,000 and there are 12 months in the year, you averaged $1,000 a month. Now, of course, there are going to be some months where it was you know, 1,500 and some months where it was 500, but given the simplicity of the math, let's just round it to 1,000 a month. And the look on her face when I said that, because this was a Zoom call, Really broke my heart because I don't think she realized that she was only making a thousand dollars a month. And I said, Well, does that match the number of hours that you worked? And she said, Oh my God, not even close. So my goal with that conversation and that exercise was not to make her upset by any means. But it was to encourage her to go back and really slice and dice those flat fees that so many designers are using these days to confirm that it is working. Now, the follow-up was she said, oh, my God, the client would never have paid me more. And I said, "Okay, well, that's a different conversation, right? That becomes a designer's choice. So if 12000 was their top number that they would agree to, then it was up to the designer to say, this works for me, or I will only work so many hours or what have you, or ultimately not take the job. Because like I discussed with every designer I talk to, this is not a hobby for the majority of interior designers in our country. Now, there are some, and bless their hearts that they do this because they really just enjoy it and the income is a bonus but those are not the people who are reaching out to me. The people who are reaching out to me and probably most of you listening are doing it not only because you love it, but for the income. So now is actually a reflective time that I want to encourage all of you go back out and literally chart out all of your projects, right? Because again, it comes to that busy. How many projects are you working? Tons. Oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with work. Well, Are you really, or are you overwhelmed with work that's not paying you effectively? So as you know, I do both decorating and construction management. It's just my thing. It's what I love to do. So I will break them out. Now, of course, no one project fits inside of a little box in a spreadsheet neatly and nicely because that's just not the world we live in. But for the most part, right, if a job is heavy decorating and we did a little construction, It's still going to go in my decorating column and vice versa, right? If we do a big addition and I get them three pieces of furniture, okay, that's still in my construction column on my spreadsheet. And then I break it out. Okay. That's how, when someone says, Renee, how much construction versus decorating do you do? I say, well, it's about 60, 40. Well, this is how I know. I can look at a spreadsheet and see, okay, well, 60% of my projects are construction-based and 40% this year- are decorating. And frankly, I just did this exercise and I was at 75-25 construction to decorating. It's just the way COVID kind of shook my schedule out. And I think it will probably stay like that for 2023, although I might pull back a little bit to 70-30, but I'm not sure I'd even notice that kind of a small variable. But what I want you to do is determine that. So if you want to work 60-40 construction, decorating, and you chart it out and you realize that you're doing 70% of decorating projects and 30% construction, well, then your goal changes. It's not, I want to make more money. It's not, I want more projects. It's, I want to attract and go after more construction projects to get me closer to that 60-40 plan I'm looking for. So do you see how that becomes much more informed, much more targeted than I want to double my income or I want to work 10 projects? You really need to get into the weeds of what it is you want to do. And honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure it's that you want to do more construction work. And so that's the thing you want to find out. Then on the secondary level, you want to make sure that what you're charging is actually something that you can live with. Because again, this is not a hobby for most everyone listening. It is something that we are doing in order to create an income for ourselves. Now, while I'm not going to sugarcoat it like I never do and say that there's billions of dollars to make as a designer, there is good, solid money to be made doing this work. And that's what I want for each of you. So, I'm not gonna tell you it's gonna be a fun exercise and I don't always enjoy what I see in the spreadsheet either, but it is informative and it's something that I can grow from that base in order to create goals that are actually attainable and will truly get me where I want to go. So this woman, she is going to reevaluate, right? She knows now that if she gives a $12,000 flat fee rate, that she really needs to make sure whatever that income she wants to create, she needs to make sure that she can do this project in that time period, right? So maybe it's she wants the project to be six months, right? And she's making $2,000 a month on this project. And because she's got four or five other, you know, ongoing projects. You know, so this is the kind of strategic thinking that I want designers to do at this point. I mean, the reality is we have a little bit of downtime. It's not a lot. It it used to be more than it is now, but I find that construction projects, decorating projects, they all kind of slow down. Almost decorating projects come to a screeching halt because family and life and holidays and celebrations. Construction projects, they will continue, but they do still slow down because, frankly, people take vacations. I know I'm going away. I know contractors that are going away. My homeowners are going away. So this is the time to really be thoughtful. Sit down. Bring up your spreadsheets. Look at your clients. Did you work eight projects? Did you work three? Did you work 20? Is that sustainable? If you're working 20 projects and you work alone, I'm going to tell you that's not sustainable. In order to work 20 different jobs in one year, they're tiny little projects, and you just can't make good money on the tiny projects. It just doesn't work that way. So it's weird, right? In the real world, you want, you know, if you're looking at, say, social media, you want tens of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers. If you're in retail, you want to sell to tens of thousands of clients. But in our world, the fewer projects you have actually is more impressive because that means they're bigger projects bringing in larger income streams, right? So it is kind of weird, right? So when someone says, well, Renee, how many projects are you working this year? And I say 20, if they're just a random person, right? They're not in the industry. They're like, wow, that's amazing. Because, and I know this because when I actually say what, how many projects, this past year i had 6 and they're like oh oh that's nice and you can hear their concern quite frankly and i'm thinking no i don't think you get it that i work alone i mean i have i have support virtual staff but i work alone on these job sites and so uh 6 projects actually kept me at a very fast clip throughout the year so be careful what you are projecting right so again and i'll be honest if Someone asks you over the holiday season how many projects you're working and you actually did work 20, I wouldn't tell them that. I don't mean to lie, but I would drop off a few that were just a little, you know, piddly something, three pieces of furniture, something like that, because it really does undermine the value that you are creating, because your goal should be fewer projects, larger budgets, and it really should be that across the board, from decorating to construction. So this is my homework for you. I am going to take off next week because it's the week of Christmas and I figured who on earth wants to listen to me the week of Christmas. So this is the homework that I want you all to be doing in lieu of listening to this podcast because you guys are so loyal and listen week after week. But the last thing I want to mention is the fee structure. So the one thing Well, one of several things that truly drives me bananas about this industry is that there are no standards in how designers charge. And there never have been. And that is super frustrating. And I am a professional member of ASID. I get all the emails about the legislation they're trying to push. And I've had those emails come to me for, I think I've been a professional member for 25 years and they haven't made many strides, unfortunately. Trust me, I'm, I'm a full believer in it, and I wish that they could get something on the books that would help support our industry. But until that time, the way designers charge is all over the board. And I've seen, been a part of, or heard of every different one. And it's crazy. And as someone like me who thinks very kind of logically in like a mathematical way, you know, you start at A, then you go to B, and then you go to C, it drives me bonkers. So, I don't talk a lot about fee structures on this podcast for that reason. It's not that I'm not willing to share mine. I'm, I'll tell you mine in a minute. It's that I don't want people to think that mine is the only way to go because I'm going to change mine in 2023. So, where am I now? Right now, I charge hourly, I have always charged hourly. The women I worked for in New York, in Delaware, they've all charged hourly. It was sort of just baked into me when I started my own firm. I charged hourly. Everybody understood it. The clients understood it. I use Studio Designer as my software program, and it allows me to put oodles of details as to what I did every single time. And some of my clients say, oh, my gosh, Renee, you give us too much information. I trust you. I know what you did that day. But I'd rather be transparent so they see where you know, the time goes. I do that and I do a cost plus model for procurements that I make. Okay. So that's how I generate income. It's clearly stated in my contracts. My clients understand it. It seems very straightforward. I bill monthly and we move on. For years now, and I mean years, I have had designer friends across the country beat the hell out of me saying, you've got to move to a flat fee. And I know a few of you listen to this podcast. So Let me just, you know, spoiler alert, you've won. I really have come around to a flat fee model. Now, that's not to say I've tried it yet because I haven't. I've been really busy with the course and promotions and holiday and family and everything in between that that's actually my homework when I'm going to be off next week. But I have started noodling numbers, right? And like I said, with the spreadsheets and going through the goals, I have actually written down like, okay, what did this generate? Okay, what if I went to a flat fee? What if I went to the, you know, a square footage model? What would that have looked like? What if I went to a room-based model? What would that look like? And I'll be fair. I was surprised that not only was it mostly close to what I got, but it was something that is becoming more familiar with clients. And then I actually reached out to a very good client of mine who is a business professional herself. And we've become friendly enough. We've talked business before. And I asked her, I said, this is what I'm thinking. Now, Now her project is finishing up. So it really wouldn't impact her. And, and that's why I sought out her mentorship actually on this. And I said, you know, here's the deal. I would switch to a fee base and this is what your project would have looked like from the very beginning and then in the middle and then in the end. And she said, well, to be honest, Renee, I was perfectly fine with how you build. She said, but to be fair, now that we're talking about this, yeah, I think it would have been nice to know what it was going to be all in, how it was going to be structured as far as payments, because like in any construction project, there's some months that are much more time heavy than others. So she would get swings in her bills and she never questioned it. And again, she always said, I knew exactly what you were doing by all of the details included in your billing. But yeah, I never knew if it was going to be, you know, a four figure, you know, bill or a five figure bill or a three figure bill. And she said, if you went to a flat rate, then I would understand that. And that probably was one of the things that swung me most over to, taking on a flat fee structure. There are still kinks that I haven't figured out yet. And I have some very dear friends who are interior designers who are allowing me to pepper them with questions. Well, what do you do about this? And what about this scenario? And because again, there are no standards in our industry. And that again, drives me batty. So actually, if you have some advice on flat fees, if you have hit some roadblocks and figured out how to get past them, shoot me an email. I am really open to really understanding how designers have made this work because again, the designers I've talked to in the last couple of weeks, most of them frankly did have flat fee services in their firms, but they all did it slightly differently. And again, it drove me nuts. So I guess basically what I'm going to do is cherry pick what I think seems best and feels right and something that I can explain well, and that's going to become my version. So as I told these designers, I will start sharing more about that once I have it figured out. But again, I don't want anyone listening to go, oh oh boy, I better go. I got to switch to a flat fee because for almost 30 years, hourly worked beautifully for me and hourly worked beautifully for my clients. So it is not a broken system. I am just seeing some positive qualities to a flat fee, both on my end as well as on the client side that I'm willing to explore for 2023. And who knows? It it may be that one or two clients go through with a flat fee and I stick with an hourly at that point forward. I really don't know how this will end. Now, for those of you who are flat fee lovers, and I know that there is a posse of you, you're probably going crazy going, no, 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 you've got to say flat fee. And I might do that as well. But here's the thing. I'm willing to try, and I want all of you all to have that confidence to try as well and do the research, ask other designers, look for other opinions. And designers out there, please hear me when I say, there is no competition inside our industry sharing what you know lifts all of us in the industry. It makes us more professional. It makes us more of a bonded unit, and we are stronger together. So I have come across designers like, oh, well, I don't talk about my fee structures. And that's fine, but that gets us nowhere, right? Now, these designers, they didn't send me their contracts. I don't see all of their details. They gave me enough broad strokes that I can plug in the numbers that I need to plug in because All designers are going to be coming from different backgrounds, different experiences, different years, different levels of knowledge, and they should be billing appropriately for that. So please, if you are given the opportunity to help another designer out, do me a favor and dig in because that's what I have done and I can promise you it comes back tenfold and I haven't lost a single project because I have talked about it with all of you. There is enough work for all of us. I simply can't say that enough. So here is the homework, right? I want you to take a sheet of paper, not in your head, write it all down. What did you work on? What category does it fall into? And how much did you make? It's that simple. And then you tally it all up and say, what do I want 2023 to look like that's different from 2022? And that answer may be nothing. I was thrilled with 2022. Rock on. Do it again and have your best year ever. But for some of us listening, it's going to help define your goals to a level you don't normally go. Instead of income, I want to make $20,000 more. Instead of projects, I want a construction project. Instead of decorating, I want decorating with a small construction project. Those are the types of detail I want you to go into before you commit to your goals of 2023. So as this is going to be the last episode of the year, I wish all of you a healthy and happy holiday season. You have earned it. We have all earned it. Next year is coming. January is around the corner, and I'm sure the projects will ramp right back up, giving us no time to kind of ease into things. So enjoy some time off because you've earned it. I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together in 2023. Thank you for listening today, and feel free to join me on social media, at Davinia Design, in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid-project. And thank you again for listening today.